Praise the Lord, church, and welcome to our Monday night, the first night of our revival, our e-revival. We're so looking forward to this great week. You're going to be hearing some unbelievable preaching as we continue uh, to be able to just flood the airways with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're looking forward to the ministry of Brother Josh Herring, who you're going to be hearing from in just a few moments. And I know it's going to be a great blessing to you and to your family. And I just want to say what a great time we had yesterday in our Palm Sunday in the parking lot service. We received communion. It was a great presence of God was there. It was so neat to be able to see everyone. And we're looking forward to doing the same thing Easter morning at one service at 10 a.m. But before we get to that point, let's have a great week. And I just pray that you'll gather your family around uh, every Monday night at 7 o'clock. You're going to be hearing a great word of God. So let's welcome Brother Josh Herring in Jesus' name. Greetings, East Wind. So good to be back with you in the presence of the Lord. This e-revival, it's exploding in your church, affecting thousands of lives. It's such an honor to be a part of it. I give honor to Pastor Myers and Bishop Myers for their trust in this, for uh, letting me be a part. Thank you for uh, all you're doing for the kingdom of God. Thank you for doing everything you can to win your city. I uh, give you honor tonight. So glad to be a part with you. Give honor to all the elders there watching. Love all of you. Miss all of you. Excited what the Lord's doing. This is our hour. Great revival is taking place across America, across the world. And I am so excited to be alive in the end time church. I have a word from the Lord for you tonight. It's found in the book of John, chapter number 5. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to read it from my Bible. As you see, I'm home. And uh, I'm going to read John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Somebody say, waiting for the moving of the water. The Bible says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. While I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject, the three dimensions of waiting. The three dimensions of waiting. I truly feel the Lord has spoken to me, and I want to give this to you the best that I can. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I pray you speak to every person watching this broadcast tonight in their homes, in their vehicles, wherever they are, with family, friends, or by themselves. I pray you use me as an oracle of faith, God. Let no one see me, hear me, or feel me. Let them hear you, see you, and feel you. Let you get all the glory. I pray for your spirit to, to invade homes tonight, to heal the sick, to heal the brokenhearted, to fill the empty. I pray you revive those that are discouraged. Use me, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And somebody said amen like you're at church. Hallelujah. Amen. So, if you've lived for God very long at all, 
You know what I'm about to talk about, and you've been in this place before, the waiting game. A dimension where you are uh, at God's disposal. You cannot fix the problem on your own. The doctors can't fix it. Uh, The people in your life can't fix it. God needs to fix it. And it can be a good thing or a bad thing. A promise from the Lord uh, takes you into the waiting game. A doctor report that you have cancer takes you into the waiting game. And so, uh, what is God's will in all of this? What's God going to do in all of this? And so, uh, when you live for God very long at all, you quickly learn Isaiah 40, 31 that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles and they'll run and not be weary and they'll walk and not faith. So you quickly learn those verses like Lamentation 3.25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. So you know what it's all about when you've lived for God very long at all and you are in the waiting game. I've learned that in the Bible when people were in the waiting game, there was different elements and ingredients that were seen to be essential for someone to be waiting. There was floods or fires or famines or plagues or slavery or war or silence from God. But different things like that, you'll find those stories, people were usually in the waiting game. Uh, and, And so it's very real when you are waiting on the Lord to do something in your life. Whether it's a good thing you're waiting for or you're waiting for God to stop something that's negative, you know what I'm talking about. The first dimension of waiting is the dimension of expectation. When you enter the waiting game, whether it is a positive thing or a negative thing, you quickly, if you are a child of God and you have faith in your life, you quickly tap into expectation. Say God gives you a promise that something great is going to happen. Well, then you begin to expect it. Your mind begins to tell you when and where and with who and how and and you expect God to do it a certain way. You, You begin to get excited about what's coming to you. Expectation floods your spirit. You speak words of life and you speak words of strength and you're you're encouraged because you know how it's going to happen. You've, you've made up your mind. You've heard from God and something great is headed towards you. Your kid's going to pray through. Your body is going to be healed or something's going to happen. A promise for your ministry. And so therefore you're in the dimension of expectation. And if it's a negative thing that comes to you, you still tap in to expectation. You begin to say things like, my God is able to do exceeding abundantly of all I ask or think. And so you begin to declare things prophetically, how God's going to do it, how God's going to heal, how God's going to break through the negative attack on your family, on your life, because you are in the dimension of expectation. The best example I could think of is kind of like when Martha, uh, when Lazarus was sick, she quickly tapped into expectation because she, she sent word to Jesus to come heal him. I know you're able to do this. I know you can do that. I know you love him. He loves you. I know you want to do this. I know you're going to come right now. I know by a certain time you're going to be here. And so I fully expect you to release your power into my situation because I know how much you want to heal. And she's, she's full of expectation. For the Lord to come. And when you are in the dimension of expectation in the waiting game, you, you are full of excitement. Faith messages stir you and you're, you are moved and you go far in faith and you are so excited. You tell people about it. You tell, well, this is God's going to do this and God's going to come through. Maybe you don't tell people. Maybe you're an introvert, but you're telling yourself God is going to do this. As you can tell, I'm not an introvert. And so there's something powerful about knowing that, that the Lord is coming through for you when you're in the dimension of expectation. 
But if expectation goes unanswered, if you pray long enough, fast long enough, prophesy long enough, and it doesn't happen the way you think it's supposed to happen, then you leave the dimension of expectation and you step into the dimension of waiting. And waiting uh, is different from expectation. The best way I can describe it, your speech changes when you go from expectation to waiting. When you're in expectation, you're telling everybody how God's going to do it. But when you've stepped into waiting, you're saying things like, God's still going to do it. Uh, when you're in expectation, you're telling everyone, you're telling yourself the day, the hour, the minute, the process, how God's going to come through. But, but when you are in the waiting dimension, you are saying things like, God's going to get the last word, and God's going to come through in the end. And, and you can tell what level of faith you are at. At by your speech, for your speech will expose you at what level of faith you are walking in. When you are declaring things prophetically and specifically, you're probably in expectation. But the more general you are in your prophetic words, the more likely you've drifted into waiting. I hope I'm making sense to someone right now. Uh, when you are in the waiting dimension, it's, it's not as easy to have faith as it was in the dimension of of expectation. Now you're putting deadlines on God. God, I need to do it by this day. I'm going to hold on to March this day, to April date, to, to May 24th, whatever. You are starting to put deadlines on God. Your speech is changing because you have drifted into the waiting dimension. Dare I say this, that the waiting dimension is simply lowered expectation. When your expectation no longer is enough for you. You drift into waiting, so now you still have expectation for God to come through. It's just not as specific. Wow, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. As it was before when you first received the promise from God. Now you are waiting for the Lord to come through. Now you're saying, yeah, Lord, even now you're able to heal Lazarus. Even now you're able to do something. I know you're able because it didn't happen in my timeline so I'm believing the Lord it's going to happen somehow you just have a different plan than what I thought you still have faith it's just not at the same dimension as it was before let me say this that, that when you are in the waiting dimension uh, you can be pulled back into the expectation dimension by faith messages because the Bible said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God that's why you can be drifting and waiting and hoping and the right faith message come to you and it will pull you right back into the promises on the way. God's going to do it by such and such. God's going to come through this way because faith speaks to your spirit and revives that, that feeling in you that God's going to come through. But the opposite is also true that if you go very long without a faith message, hmm, without a word from God, without that God's 
going to come through moment through the preaching. If you drift very long and don't listen to preaching very often, then you will drift deeper and deeper into the waiting zone where you are now hoping for God to come through. Am I talking to anybody right now? Have you gone from expectation to waiting? Your, your speech will betray you. You will find, you'll start getting a check in your spirit. I used to speak this in this type of situation. Now I only speak that because I've lowered my expectation. And you wait and you know God's going to come through. You, just, you know that, okay, it wasn't how I thought he was going to come through. It wasn't the way I figured it he was coming through. He didn't use the vessel I thought he was going to use, but he's still going to come through. And you still hold on to your faith. But the problem is this. If you wait very long and you wait past the deadline you gave God and things don't happen even near the way you thought they were and things start to get worse when you figured by now things would start to turn better. I know God was going to do it his way, but surely he would have done something by now in this type of situation. And so when you wait and you go so long in the way that God no longer speaks and God is getting more and more silent day by day, moment by moment, then you drift out of the dimension of waiting into the dimension, the third dimension, which is what I really want to preach to you about, and that is the dimension of impossible. You see, when you when you go in expectation, you're full of faith, and when you go into waiting, you're losing faith, but you still believe God's going to do it, even though your speech is betraying you. But when you lose so much faith, you leave the waiting room, and you tap into the impossible dimension. Oh! It's impossible. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible. And so when you you know you're in the impossible zone, when you're saying things like, if God doesn't do it, I'm not going to survive. If God doesn't come through, we're not going to make it. If God doesn't heal my body, I'm going to die. Why? Because you have tapped into a dimension where it is now impossible with your resources, your contacts, your wisdom, your money to get the answer. Now you are completely dependent upon God for what is going to happen. And this is where you have lost your faith. I'm not here to rebuke that. I'm not here to tell you the people in the impossible zone are worse than others. Quite the contrary. When you're in the impossible zone, you've gone through more hell than other people ever dream of going through. You've had prayers go unanswered that other people saw answered. You've waited longer than other people have for their miracle. When you are in the impossible zone, you, faith messages don't stir you now because nothing less than a miracle will do. You have gone to the heights of faith to see nothing happen. You've gone to the altars and nothing changed. You prayed for your kid and your kid got worse because you are now in the impossible zone. When you're in that impossible zone, that's the dimension where Lazarus dies and you've buried him and it's been four days and you're starting to say, even if you raise him up, Lord, he stinks. There's nothing you can do about this right now. You've changed God. Everything you were going to do for me has not worked out the way I thought you said it was. And in the impossible zone, voices start talking to you and they hear say things like, God didn't say that. And is God even real? And are you losing your mind. God's forsaken you. You've done too many things wrong to receive what God told you. You forfeited the promise of God that he gave to you back then. And it's 
over with by now and you can't have what you thought you were going to have. It is impossible. Knowing all that, we step into our text where people are at a poolside waiting for an angel who every year at a certain season came into the water, troubled the water, and the first person into the water would be made whole of whatever disease he or she had. And you have a group of people at this at this poolside. You've got the impotent folk, which means they have no strength. You've got the blind people, which means they have no vision, obviously. You've got the halt, the Bible said, which means they have no movement and you have got the withered which means to have no life but even though there was people with no vision no movement no life no strength all of these people were still in the waiting dimension because the bible said they were waiting for the moving of the water they were waiting for the angel to trouble the water yes they couldn't see but they believed god would somehow give them a miracle yes they had no strength left barely but they still were waiting on something good to happen. Yes, some of them could not move and some of them had no life and they were completely dry on the inside. Their hands were withered. Their feet were withered. But yet somehow they were believing God that something could happen. A bunch of people in a church service at the waiting game, in the waiting room, waiting on God to come through, waiting on God to fulfill His promise. A whole group of people over here, a group of people over there and they're all waiting. Some are expecting some are on the edge of the pool and there's one man in that entire group that's not in the expectation zone. He's not in the waiting room. He is in the impossible. 38 years he's waited. 38 years he's waited for a miracle. And now he is in it's impossible. Oh, here comes Jesus. He, he walks all past all the waiters all the people expecting to the impossible zone where there's a man laying down and, and you know you're in the impossible zone oh boy help me Lord when you do not recognize the presence of God when it comes near you you know you're in the impossible zone when you no longer feel the Lord's presence as it approaches you you gotta be careful when you're in the zone where you don't feel God when you pray anymore you don't feel God when you raise your hand you don't feel God when the preacher preaches in the altar call and you know the words are coming straight to your life but yet you feel nothing why because you have entered the impossible dimension of waiting where nothing is going to change nothing is going to move nothing is going to work out for me nothing is going to help me i am officially stuck in this place and the man is sitting here and here comes the presence of God. Jesus talks to him. I love this story because there's something so beautiful here. It's amazing how the man is trying to convince God with his words that he is still in the expectation dimension. But yet his speech betrays him because his actions do not back up his words. Help me preach, Lord. He says, Jesus, our Lord, why am I coming? He didn't recognize this God, actually. While I am coming, uh, I'm trying to get to this pool. And while I'm trying to get there, someone else cuts me off and gets in front of me. He said, I have no man to help me. I'm helpless. I'm out here by myself. And while I'm trying to get to my miracle, while I'm trying to hold on to my 
one gets closer to the pool than I am. In other words, I am distracted by the success of others while I'm trying to get my answer. Be careful when you are distracted by the progress of other people closer to their breakthrough, closer to their destiny, closer to their miracle than you are. And so he's trying to convince God, I'm on my way there and people are in my way. The problem with the statement was this. Jesus, when he walked up, the Bible says, saw him lie or saw him laying down. Now the man is saying, I'm trying to get to the water. But Jesus said, you're actually laying down. I know you're telling me that you're still pursuing like you used to, but I see that your actions are not up your words. Your words are saying, I'm still the same old me. I still have the same old faith. But your actions are saying, I'm quitting. I'm letting go. I know you're saying you still have the same relationship with God that you used to. Help me, Holy Ghost. I know that you're saying, I still have the same prayer life that I used to. But your actions are not backing up your words. Your words are saying, I'm all in. But your actions are saying, I'm holding back. Your words are saying, everything is the Lord's. But your actions are saying, not really. Be careful, Ananias and Sapphira, when you're telling God you're really all in, when you're not really all in. It's dangerous. It's deathly. It's scary when you are in a place where you're saying you're all in. But you're really lying down. Can I say it the way I feel to say it in Josh Herring terminology? God knows when you're lying. I said God knows when you're lying. He saw him lie. I know he's physically laying down, but he's also physically lying, verbally lying now to God. He's saying, I, I really am trying, but but you see, it's impossible to say you're really trying when you've let it go. Well, I, I have the same relationship with God, but I just don't go to the same church. I don't, I don't believe the same truth. There's only one truth. You can't let go of the truth. And say you're still pursuing God. You're laying down. That's not to be mean. That's not to be harsh. It's reality. Don't tell me. And don't try to tell God. That you're still holding on. When the truth is you're letting go. Of everything that you know is true. And you know is righteous. And you know is holy. He said I'm, I'm really holding on. And God said you're lying. You're lying. And he's laying there. And Jesus said, well, stop me, made whole, sir. I've got no man to, to lift me up. While I'm coming, people are cutting me off. And Jesus said, rise, make your bed, and walk. <sighs> oh, I know the doctors aren't going to tell you this, and I know the counselor's not, and I know the devil's not, and I know your mind is not. But when you've tapped into the impossible dimension, there is no fourth dimension of waiting. There's either expectation, there's waiting, or there it's impossible. There I say it, when you are in the impossible dimension, you are in the last dimension of waiting before the answer comes to you. When you are in the impossible dimension, you're in the last dimension before God reveals his plan for what you've been praying for. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And he raises him up and causes him to walk. What about the woman with the issue of blood who for 12 years she was expecting that she went to the waiting rooms of doctors. They practice on her. And before long, she, she nothing works. She's broke. She's got no chance to be healed. It's impossible without God. So what does she do when she hears he's coming her way? She runs out to a crowd of people. She crawls through a crowd, finds the hymnist garment, and touches the hymn. Why? 
You used to be a peer. You used to hold yourself like you used to have so much more class than what you do now. I'm sorry. I entered the impossible dimension. I'm not here to impress you with my class. I'm here to touch God's hem of his garment so I can get a miracle. Hmm. Huh. Luke 1. 36 and 37. Angel comes to Mary and says, you're pregnant. The Holy Ghost is overshadowing you. You're going to have a baby. Then the angel changes subjects and goes to Mary's cousin, who's old, Elizabeth. And 136 said, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she had also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. She's six months pregnant, who is called barren, or she was nicknamed the barren one. She's passed. She can't even do it. She's been called barren her whole life since she's been able to have children and couldn't produce children. But she's pregnant. Why? Why is she pregnant? Verse 137 said this, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. When she's tapped into the impossible dimension, that's when God shows off His greatest power and His greatest authority and His greatest dominion. Can I preach to someone right now? When it seems impossible, that's when the Lord will do what you can't imagine Him to do. And so she goes to see Elizabeth, this impossible miracle. There's a, there's a baby six months inside Elizabeth's womb. And the problem was, according to historians, that the baby, John the Baptist, as we know him later, has not moved in six months. But when Mary walks in the room and Jesus is inside of Mary's womb and John's inside Elizabeth's womb. When Mary walks in, John leaped inside of Elizabeth's womb. And Elizabeth told Mary in Luke 145, she said, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. In other words, Mary, don't doubt your miracle. There's going to be a performance of those things told you from the Lord. Can I give you revelation in the Greek, the Bible says? When you, when you see that phrase, there shall be a performance. In the Greek, it means this. There is an event that will verify your promise. In in other words, in heaven's calendar right now, even though it's not happening in your timing and the way you want it to, with the people you thought God would use, in the area you thought God would use, God said, I've got you marked down on my calendar. I've got a divine appointment with you where everything changes, where the promise that I gave you years ago, he becomes reality. Can I tell someone in the Holy Ghost right now, you have not lost what you thought you lost, but the Lord said to tell you, there shall be a performance of the things that were told you from the Lord. Oh, somebody praise him right now. Somebody worship my clothes with this. Isaiah 64, 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear. Neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Can I tell you in the Holy Ghost, the Lord is preparing something for you. Your greatest revival is on its way. Your miracle is coming. Your answer is coming from the Lord. You might think it's impossible. If it's impossible, you ought to rejoice in the Lord because if it's impossible, you're in the last dimension of the waiting room. You're in the last dimension of the waiting game. You are closer to your miracle than you've ever been before. Let's pray together right now. Why don't you stand in your houses? Why don't you stand wherever you are? If you're in your car, don't stand, please, dear Lord. But if you're in no matter where you are, I pray. Let's pray together. In fact, I feel a release of the gift of faith right now coming through screens to people by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus. I release the gift.
your family or by yourself. I worship you, God. I bless you and I praise you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to get off the screen. Let the altar call continue. May the Lord bless you and keep you. God's not through with you. You're just in the waiting game. It's coming. The miracle is coming in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, after that word from Brother Herring, we humbly come before you knowing, God, that this is our time for our miracle. Lord, in this moment, in this time, as Brother Herring has already released the gift of faith, we humbly enter into that throne room of grace, God, boldly coming into that throne room, God. Lord, we lay our burdens at your feet, God. We lay our hurts at your feet, God. We lay our cares at your feet, God. Lord, everything that's going on in our lives, we ask for a removal of distraction. We ask for a removal of any thoughts that are contrary to this moment right now, Jesus. Lord, we come into this moment, God, knowing that you are able, God. Lord, right now we come together with whoever is with us, Lord, and we come together with those, Lord, that are praying, Lord, right now. In spirit, God, whether we are alone or whether we are praying with somebody, Lord, in spirit, Lord, right now we humbly, humbly ask you, Jesus, that you would heal us, God, of anything that might be going on in our lives, Jesus. We pray, God, that your hand, God, would reach down and begin, Lord, to touch each and every individual, Lord, wherever they are at, no matter what they are going through, God. Lord, begin to touch them, Lord. Begin to deliver them, Lord. Begin to set them free, God. Lord, Brother Herring preached a powerful word, Lord, uh, and we know that today is our day of appointment, God. Uh, Lord, it may not be happening exactly how we thought it would happen. It may not be happening, God, exactly when we thought it would happen, Lord. But Lord, we know that you are able, God, right here, right now, God. Uh, Lord, I pray upon the ear of every listener, God, that you would begin to set them free of any infirmity, that you would begin to deliver them, God, of anything that they are battling. Uh, I bind addiction by the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord. Uh, I bind, Lord, mental fatigue, God, depression, anxiety, hurts, heartaches, and pains, Lord. Uh, I speak, Lord, that the fruit of the Spirit will begin to make manifest in every heart, in every mind, in every soul of every believer, God, in every sinner, Lord, that is watching right now, Lord. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that there would be a call to repentance, God, for anybody that is seeking the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, that they would lift their hands right now, Lord, and that they would begin to speak in that heavenly language as you give them the utterance, Jesus. Uh, Lord, we bind together in faith and knowing that you are able, Lord. Uh, Lord, we know, God, it's not always happening like we thought it would happen. But that doesn't mean God that you are not working. So just as the lady with the issue of blood pushed through the crowd, God and she made it to your feet, Jesus. Just as the man at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus, had his divine appointment with you that day, Jesus. We know that there are people in their homes right now, God, that you are going to them and you are meeting them, Jesus. For this is the day of salvation, God. For we know that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us, Lord. Lord, I speak, God, to the mind, to the heart, to the infirmity, to the sickness, to the infection, Lord, to anything that is going on in their hearts, anything that is going on in their minds, Lord, anything that is going on in their bodies, God. And I pray, God, that the power of the Holy Ghost would be made manifest right now, Jesus. Lord, let their appointment be called today, God. Let their miracle be happening right now, Jesus, as we are praying, God, as the body of Christ, Lord, 
No, we're not together in person, but in spirit. We are joined in unity and in prayer and believing that you can do all things, Jesus. I bind the strong man. I bind the prince of the air that would come against this word, God, from Brother Herring. Lord, I bind it by the authority of the name of Jesus. And I speak that the power of the Holy Ghost would fall in every home, God, in every car, God, wherever they're listening to this source of media right now, by the authority of the name of Jesus, let the power of the Holy Ghost fall in their hearts. Let the power of the Holy Ghost consume their minds, God. Lord, right now, God, uh, we pray these things because we know, God, that this is the day uh, for you to do a mighty work in our lives. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, Jesus, we know that you are able. Lord, right now, I think it would be appropriate that before uh, we, we, we stop our prayer and, and before we, we conclude, this night that every person, no matter where you're at, that after Brother Richie is done speaking, that you would find a place of prayer for the next five or ten minutes. And in your home, just as we would come and gather around the front of the sanctuary, if we were here and we would have a time of prayer, all of us together, I think after Brother Richie is done speaking, right where you're at, whether you want to kneel down with your family, whether you want to stand and you want to lift your hands, wherever you're at, whatever Whatever you're doing, I think we need to have a time of focused prayer without anybody prompting us on the screen, without anybody pushing us in prayer right now in our homes. Why don't we have an altar call in our homes just like we would if we were in the sanctuary right now, right where you're at, in your home. Let's join together and let's have an altar call for ourselves. Lord, I pray, God, that every person, Lord, that as they begin to bow their knees, Lord, after Brother Richie's announcement is done, Lord, as they begin to lift their hands, God, and they begin to call upon your name, Jesus. I pray that you would fall in their homes, God. I pray that they would feel the power of the Holy Ghost begin to fall on their lives. I pray that they would feel the power of the Holy Ghost to be made manifest in their children, God, in their marriage, God, in their homes, God, in their families, God. Lord, I pray for every prodigal that might be listening to this right now. I pray for every backslider that might be listening to this right now, God. I pray, God, that you would minister to their hearts, God, just as it was in the book of Acts, as you pricked their hearts, God. Begin to unsettle them, God. Begin, God, to shake them by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we ask these things in your name. We ask it all in the wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. As I already said, as we begin to turn this video off and Brother Richie comes in with his announcement, I pray that every person, the moment that this stream is over, that you would find an altar. And just as we would have an altar call at our services uh, in the sanctuary, we need to have an altar call in our homes. We need to apply this word. God hasn't forgotten about you. God hasn't overlooked your appointment. But today could be the day that He heals your life. He touches your family. He mends that broken heart. But you've got to make that application in your home. Let's take a knee. Let's lift our hands and let's have an apostolic altar call in our homes. In Jesus name in Jesus name praise the Lord everyone I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church and we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus name we can do that for you today 
We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.